We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, live at Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, this is Sooner Sports Talk, presented by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Also brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Bud Light, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. And by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. It is time for Sooner Sports Talk with Lincoln Riley. He'll be alongside in the next segment. I'm Toby Rowland alongside the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner, Teddy Lehman. And we're going to get you set for Big 12 action again this Saturday morning. OUTCU coming up down in Fort Worth. Amon G. Carter Stadium just after 11 a.m. Sooners coming off a win, a quadruple overtime win a week ago Saturday down in Dallas over the Texas Longhorns, 53-45. Uh, we have not had the opportunity to talk to Coach since then. We had the radio roundtable next week, so looking forward to maybe asking him a couple of questions about that game and certainly getting his thoughts on TCU coming up. But it's been the bye week. Teddy, how do you think they used the bye week? Well, I think it was probably a combination of really getting after it in some areas that they feel like they need to address and balancing that with some rest. You know, um, say what you want. It's been a weird year. I don't know necessarily how, um, you know, conditioned. It's not just Oklahoma. This is a problem across college football. You know, a lot of teams didn't get summer workouts, didn't get – 
like a full traditional training camp. It was a little bit different. So I think this early part of the season has been a grind. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a balance between pushing it, getting that conditioning level there, and making sure that your players are getting the proper rest and getting their legs back for the stretch run. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Lincoln said at his uh, press availability today that he feels like his team, and I'm paraphrasing, is just kind of hitting their stride. He said, I like the vibe of this team. Everything was so uh, mixed up and out of sync early in the year, and it feels like everything is finally coming together for them, which is disappointing in some ways. You'd love for it to click right off you know, the get-go, but in this year it's, it's somewhat understanding. No, it's understanding, and, you know, I, this is a young football team. And I think you learn a lot more about yourself whenever you go through some adversity, right? You drop a couple of games early. Uh, you know, you're, you're missing guys because of virus and contact tracing. You've had some guys out because of suspension. So this is not the way that you would have drawn up this year to happen. But here it is, and let's learn about ourselves along the way so whenever the, the future does come and we do have a chance to go win a championship, we've got some of that experience to rely on. So, you know, I, I think that this team has had some great learning opportunities. Let's see if they grow from it. Frito-Lay, whether you're home gating or tailgating for the OU game, make a winning play with Tostitos Chips. Tostitos packs the crunch for a touchdown in taste. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley. You're watching Sooner Sports Talk, and we're brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Riverwind, still the one. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, and we're getting you set for OUTCU coming up Saturday morning down in Fort Worth, Texas. And please help us welcome in right now the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. It's Lincoln Riley, everybody. Hi, coach. Hey, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Riley with let, let me give you one guess who that was. <laughs> Sounds like Shane Beamer is out of control that, again there in the it, background. That's exactly yeah. right. How was the bye week, Coach? It was good. Good bye week. Um, yeah, strange to not be able to go out and do any recruiting, but uh, but other than that, um, it was good. Yeah, we got a lot of work with the guys. It will spend a lot of time with them. Um, Guys have done a good job of being able to stay on the field, which is this has probably been the most consistent stretch that we've had this team together um, since the spring. You know, so that that's been good, and you feel like you've actually just had the opportunity for these guys to work and to get better and to take some of the steps. You know, whether it's a player that's 
you know, played a lot of ball for us that needs to just continue to improve or it's a young player that's trying to emerge and, and have an opportunity for a bigger role, uh, which we're obviously going to need that to happen as well. So, uh, no, I think a good, uh, you know, a lot of momentum coming off the week before and and, uh, and I thought the guys handled the, the bye week very well. Could be tough to navigate. And what's the approach, you know, um, some coaches want to go out and get a ton of work done and other times you want to, you know, read your team and maybe some tired legs and get those guys some rest. So how, how do you kind of find that balance? Yeah, it's more challenging, I think, this year than any, uh, just because we are, I know we've kind of talked about it on the show. We, we have so many guys in so many different scenarios and situations. You know, you've got some guys that have had to play and practice a heavy majority of the reps because your roster has been so limited. And some of those guys needed some, some time and some rest and, a chance to get their legs back and then we've got on the flip side we've got a lot of guys that have missed a ton of time that need every single rep that they can get right now and so we tried to really push harder on on those guys tried to tried to rest uh still got work but tried to rest to a point some of our guys that have taken a high volume of reps in games and in practices um and, you know, I thought, it, I thought it went well. I mean, I think we got the reps and the guys that we needed to. We got some of the guys feeling a little bit better that have played a bunch and, and uh, felt like we came out of it in a good place. I came home from the Cotton Bowl last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, thinking, man, what a great win. A lot of momentum. way Spencer played in overtime and the defense and the cause and the turnovers. I wish they could get right back out there next Saturday. It did go four overtimes, so maybe you're glad you had the bye week, but do you wish you could have got right back out there and kept that momentum going? Yeah, it's kind of like you said. I feel a little bit two ways about it. I mean, that, you know, just that game on a normal day and normal weather takes a lot out of both teams. Um, then when you combine a even unseasonably hot day in Dallas, very, very humid, and the fact that both teams have, you know, both teams have quite a few um, impact type players missing limited rosters um, uh, and then on top of it four overtimes yeah it, it honestly probably came at a decent time you know for our team and uh, so we tried to use it to our advantage and you know hopefully we can heal up rest up you know polish some things but also keep you know some of the momentum from from winning that football game now you mentioned polish some of those those problem areas that you've had whenever you go back and evaluate kind of the first portion of the season. You get a bye week in there. You want to work on some of those weaknesses. Would you share some of those with us maybe <laughs> that you guys worked on? Yeah, I mean, th there's so much. I mean, there's – there's. I, I think just pushing for consistency in, in all three phases, uh, that, that's been the push because the good – has been plenty good enough on all three sides for the most part. It's been, you know, our, our inconsistent play uh, at, at some key times in the games that has that has held us back from playing to our potential all the time. And that's 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 our push right now. That's our fight. And uh, we're we're you know we're grinding it. There's there's no way to get there but to just con completely grind through it. Um, you know, hopefully, I think more of our roster is going to continue to open up. Uh, you know, meaning, you know, some of these young guys, you know, finally that, that have missed so much time, finally getting to a point where they're ready to contribute and we need them to, um, you know, and hopefully able to get some players back that we haven't been able to play with uh, for, you know, various reasons, uh, you know, have a chance to get those guys back, hopefully, and, and uh, just continue to improve. So 
Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of focus on, on, you know, the run game, a lot of focus on, you know, just finishing everything that we possibly can. I mean, uh, you know, we obviously know we need to play better in the fourth quarters. Um, you flip that and also say, you know, we played some of our best ball in, in, in the overtimes uh, in the Texas game. So there was an element certainly to finishing that one that we did a really good job of. So uh, just got to continue to grow as a team. We need reps. We need experience. Um, get some guys back certainly wouldn't hurt. And, and uh, I think we're close to putting it all together. Coach, I'm fascinated by the journey of your quarterback position last Saturday, and it was a journey. I mean, the, the story going in was inexperienced redshirt freshman quarterback against the old man, Sam Ellinger. Things start ugly. You replace Spencer at one point. He comes back in, and then he finishes gloriously with some of the best throws he's made all year there in the overtimes. But what can you tell us about just kind of that whole sequence of how everything unfolded over five hours at your quarterback position from your perspective? Yeah, I honestly thought Spencer was 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 fine early. Um, we, we butchered the first drive, not really because of him. Uh, he thought he played well on the second drive. We went down there and scored. Um, uh, had, had a couple good drives there that were sharp. And then yeah, we had two turnover plays. Um, you know, one that we just didn't didn't see a, a, a dropping, uh, a dropper on, on third down. And then, you know, the one with just a ball security issue in the pocket. and. You know, and you just you can't turn the ball over. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. And so I felt like I felt like at that point that it'd be good for Spencer to, to catch his breath, um, to, to to reset a little bit, and and felt confident that, that Tanner Mordecai would come in there and kind of stabilize us and, and keep us moving, which he which he did. And uh, honestly, I thought Mordecai did some really nice things. Other he had one bad throw, and and then. Uh, you know, dropped the ball on a uh, on a uh, scramble that had a chance to be a big play, but did some good things. Drove us down, had a scoring drive. Um, you know, pleasure doesn't fumble. Probably has two scoring drives. So, I thought he stabilized us, and then you know we were able to get in there to half and felt like uh, well, we were ready to go back and 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 start with Spencer, and and he got pretty hot from there, and we just kind of rode that out the rest of the way. I'm gonna you know venture a guess that Spencer Rattler hasn't been benched or whatever that was, told to come sit by me in a long time, if ever in his career. Um, I would imagine that's a little bit of a gamble with a young quarterback. How, how did he handle I mean, he, obviously it looked like he handled everything great, but how did he handle it from your perspective? Yeah, he was good. He wasn't, you know, he he, he understood and, and handled it the right way. I thought showed a lot of, a lot of poise and maturity with the way he handled it and was, you know, when you do that, you don't ever know that, you know, what, then when your next opportunity is coming, I thought he kept himself ready and, and, you know, it was clear in my mind that he was still mentally very into it and ready to play. And that's why I made the decision to go back to him after half. And uh, so no, I thought, you know, it's, it's a good lesson. I mean, listen, everybody can be pulled. I mean, it don't matter who you are, what you've done, this or that. I mean, that's, that's, that's just this sport and that's part of playing at, at OU. So everybody can be pulled. Um, you either pout about it or you, you learn from it and you're ready to go. And he certainly did did the latter. Chance that maybe that's a, a well, not a, hopefully an ongoing thing, but something that's going to be in your back pocket throughout the season? Well, I mean, I think anytime you have good players in the room, you you always have that option. I mean, that's, uh, you, you always do. I mean, I can, and I've, I've said this many times, I remember when, 
you know, Baker was getting ready to win the Heisman and we had to pull him, you know, didn't start him in the West Virginia game and, uh, you know, playing Kyler. And I remember being excited to see Kyler go. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think it depends on the room. Um, you know, I've always been a guy that likes to ride it out with one, certainly lean towards that. But when you have people in the room that you feel like they can play, um, it can work to your advantage. And it certainly was, a, a, I mean, it, it made a, a very positive difference for our team last Saturday. Kyler thing worked out pretty well, by the way. I think it was it the first God. play he went like 78 yards or something <laughs> so, like that. So yeah. I could tell. I yeah, know there's a reason he was excited. Yeah. It worked to get out, out pretty there. well on Monday night, too, down there for him in Dallas. <laughs> All right, we'll take an opening timeout. If you have a question for Coach tonight, we are fielding them as well. The Academy Sports and Outdoors inbox at OU on the air. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll start to ask some of those when we come back. You got a Butkus brain teaser for I Coach do. tonight? I do. We'll hit that coming up. Stick around. It's the Lincoln Riley Show here at Rudy's. Back after this. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively, Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Hey, Sooner fans, when you download the Chick-fil-A app and order, you can start earning rewards, earning points toward delicious rewards. Welcome back, everyone. Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Toby and Teddy with you. Coach Lincoln Riley is alongside as well. And Coach, if you're ready now, we have tonight's Academy Sports and Outdoors question of the night. Academy Sports and Outdoors for all officially licensed Sooners gear. Here it is. Other than just how good of a player he is, what are you evaluating when you recruit a young man? All right, that's an academy employee. He wants to know, other than just how good of a football player he is, what do you evaluate when you're recruiting a young man? Well, a lot. Honestly, the, honestly, the, the football part of it is probably the easiest part, um, just because you can... You can turn on a film. You can talk to coaches um, in a normal year. Other than this, you can actually go out and you know evaluate them. I think the the tougher thing is getting a feel for you know who they are as a person, um, just because of the limited contact that you can have. So much of that's got to be done over the phone, via FaceTime, all of that. Um, uh, and then I think you know trying to find out you know kind of what their goals or motivations are. You know, do they fit into to this program, the demands of this program? Um, you know, so I think kind of all the intangibles, um, the, the character, I mean, all of those things are probably the toughest thing just because, again, you, you just you're not around these guys as much as, as you would love to be. And the, certainly the in-person stuff is limited. I mean, for example, the majority of time until until a guy you know, until you get into you know, December and January of a guy's senior year, you can go to these schools, you can see these players, but you can't, you can't even talk to them. I mean, you can just go watch, you can just go evaluate. That's it. So, so it, it it's, uh, 
it's certainly a challenge there, but it's uh, you know it's definitely the most uh, the most important part of, of our evaluations. I feel like, and maybe this is wrong, but I feel like things have gotten so specialized. I you know, a lot of athletes play a bunch of different sports, and you may go watch a guy play baseball or play basketball. But recently, it seems like it's been so specialized, and guys have this specific training from early on. Does that become more difficult that guys get kind of locked into one sport or one position and only train that sport and that that role on the field? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, I think it is nice from a, just a football skill standpoint to be able to go you know, at any point of the year, even if you go in the spring anytime and see these guys do football type workouts. I mean, that, that part is good. The the tougher thing is maybe evaluating them as a competitor. I mean, that's, we've always loved to see guys on the basketball court or guys on the baseball diamond or running track or whatever, just to see, just to see them compete um, and to get to see, you know, maybe different skills that you don't always see in a, in a football workout, or maybe you're projecting a guy that's uh you know, to play a different position than what he's done in high school. So you get to see some of those things. So, um, yeah, no, I think there's some give and take, but it's, you know, getting, getting a chance to watch these guys compete in any sport is, is certainly one of the most important evaluations that we would have. More satisfying in recruiting to get that five-star kid that you're battling with everybody, you know, all the big names in the country for, or to find the diamond in the rough that nobody else noticed and you were right about and you saw what nobody else saw. Oh, I mean, they're both they're both great. I mean, it's great to to win a, a tough recruiting battle, but yeah, I mean, probably the diamond in the rough, just because there's not, it doesn't seem like there's quite as many these days. Um, in that, there, most people know about most guys. There's not a whole lot of kind of, you know, you're out there recruiting this player that nobody else is. But I do think we've had you know several examples over the years of giving guys that we recruited that we thought were as good as anybody in the country that. Maybe the rest of the world didn't quite believe us, and they've they've come on and, and become really good players. So um, you know we, you know I think it teaches you to to have priorities. It teaches you to um, you know trust your gut, know 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 and be committed to what you're looking for when you find it. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this because we were really close last week to to finding or seeing something that and I don't know if it's even happened the two point thing no it hadn't happened the yet. two point yeah. shootout mm-hmm. and cuz I know showdown. coaches or yeah can't showdown, say shootout that's right. anymore yeah. I, I know coaches typically go into a game with one or two and you know maybe maybe three two point plays that they really like but had you ever considered that you may have to have like eight or and how would you navigate that yeah, no, it did. It's, uh, it's we. I think we, like most people, have with with the rule change, have carried a few more of those than than normal. Um, one I thought interesting thing from that game was we ended up using a lot of those type of calls. We just ended up being down on the goal line uh, quite a bit in that game. Um, ended up taking a lot of snaps down there, so we ended up using some of those as the game went on. So uh, we were having to. Uh, let's say reach back in the archives a little bit on the <laughs> sideline just in case. Uh, Two-point conversions has been a hot topic the last few weeks. In college and in the NFL, you're seeing coaches at seemingly odd times go for it or not go for it. Analytics is getting more involved than ever in that decision-making. 
how much does it, I don't know about with you necessarily that we've seen a lot of those situations, but how much does two-point analytics factor into your decision-making at all late in games? We look at it, but I, I, the one thing about analytics for me is I think there's a point where they're good. I, I certainly do. We absolutely pay attention to it, and in some scenarios we definitely use it and follow it. But analytics don't account for all the other variables. Um, and I just I think there's got to be some type of balance, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, an analytic may say, well, if you do this, you're going to win 60% of the time, but they also don't know that your left tackle's got a bum ankle and their right defensive end is really, really good, and they've got you know a weak corner here on the right side. I mean, they're just matchups and game situation and weather and just momentum. I mean, there's just a lot of – to me, there's just a lot more to it than just numbers. And so – um, I think you can learn from it. Uh, we certainly use it some, but it's I'm not I, I don't ever see myself sitting there being the robot saying, well, I'm going to totally make it, you know, every decision based on analytics. That's just I think there's a feel from having been in a lot of games and knowing your team and, you know, and trying to best know your opponent and, and having a feel for those for those matchups. Well, did you ever have a feel like maybe you were going to go for two at some point in that game to, to try and win it? We considered it a few times. We we did. We we talked about it a few times. I think some of it was just the what we described earlier. I mean, not that we necessarily felt at a disadvantage, but I mean, we knew, you know, we knew our team was getting a little, not say worn down, but I mean, it was, you know, we we'd taken a lot of snaps, and uh, so we we did consider it a few times, but never got to the point where. I don't know that it was ever 50-50, but it was definitely discussed. You should have seen – you thought your guys were tired. You should have seen Toby in the booth. Exhausted, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> he was spent. I'm glad that game ended when it did. I don't know. <laughs> that uh, get you on oxygen up there, Toby. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Uh, we got some fan questions rolling in tonight. Let's start on Twitter from Will. Uh, after the Red River rivalry kicked off, did, you, did the lack of capacity crowd ever cross your mind? Was it noticeable at any point? I mean, when I go back and think about it, I mean, you didn't have all the, the deafening roars, you know, that you're used to having from both sides as the game goes on. I didn't think about it in the game. I do remember, though, thinking in the overtimes that, man, this is a pretty darn good atmosphere for only having 25% capacity. I mean, because it, it yeah. I think some people started finding their way from uh, maybe their their predetermined seats yeah. down a little bit lower and it kind of it had a little bit more buzz at the end so but it was the whole thing was strange man just uh pulling into that fair and nobody being there when you compare it to what that experience is normally like it was it was it was a little eerie uh, this falls in line uh from sooner football fans in-house coach uh a young woman from texas made herself famous after you won the game this isn't a question just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> so that's from uh, – I'm sure you've seen the uh, – I, yeah. I, I have. Okay, I, very I good. Have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got another one from in-house. Don, with Perry on Winfrey and Josh Ellison playing well early, do you see yourself looking to bring in more JUCOs? Well, we've been excited about how those two guys have, have, have you know worked out so far. They've both been impact guys, which we needed them to be. I mean, we lost five defensive linemen, you know, and several very experienced players off that off our club last year. So we, we we needed them too, and they've done a good job. You know, Coach Thibodeau's done a good job bringing those guys along and and getting those guys ready to play. And and the fun thing for those guys, they're just scratching the surface of how good they can be. But you you've seen some ability and some playmaking ability on the inside, which. I mean that we put that as a premium in our defense. I mean that's this is a 
this isn't a defense that just funnels every play to one or two players. I mean, this is an attacking defense, and you want you know multiple guys making plays in the backfield, creating tackles for loss, turnovers. I mean, that's that's when this defense is at its best, and and you know that's what that's probably the thing that's been the most fun to see of those guys, even though they're still. Again, so much room to improve, but they're already making plays and 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 making the most of, of some of those opportunities they've been given, and, and would expect that they would only get better. How's that? In, I don't know that a lot of JUCOs are playing across the country. How's that factor in for for you guys whenever you do try and evaluate? And even high school, you know, there's a lot of uh, places across the country that aren't playing. Does that make it uh, way more difficult on you guys? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you've got some of these guys that you're recruiting that don't have seasons that you you haven't seen. I mean, you haven't seen do anything since maybe last fall, if not some of them the spring before. And so, oh, it's not strange. I mean, it's honestly been nice the last few weeks to have some new film uh, of some of these high schools that are playing. But it's uh, the evaluation. It, it, people aren't going to have the eye test um, because there's no telling right now when we're even going to have a chance to get back on the road. And so obviously we're really having to rely heavily on, you know, the communication we can have with these guys, you know, what we're seeing on tape, uh, communication with their coaches, um, certainly more than we ever have. Time for our Rudy's Anywhere Sooners Everywhere question of the night. This comes uh, on Twitter from Jeremy Schick, who wants to know, do you think Spencer's game against Texas – is similar to Baker's game against Tennessee in terms of progressing his leadership. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's definitely some some similarities. Uh, you know, this one was a little bit different, um, but but yeah, I mean, I think both guys were, were faced with with some adversity. Um, you know, in a uh, in a tough atmosphere against against good talented football teams, and and found a way to play. You know, their very best. Um, I think showed some some poise and some moxie at a young age and, and then certainly not being afraid of the moment, which I think is, is really, really big. So, yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot of similarities, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, hopefully that can spur Spencer on to, to continuing to grow and play better. All right, good question, Jeremy. For that, we've got a $50 Rudy's gift card coming your way, and we'll take a break. When we come back, more questions for Coach Riley and the Butkus Brain Teaser tonight. You're watching Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Dr. Tim Shannon and Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics Exclusively are proud to present the junior captain of the game and are pleased to honor these guests as they take the field with our captains. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, go to orthoexc.com. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. 
Welcome back, everybody. How would you like to be able to listen to the Sooner Radio broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? You can go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. Get your officially licensed Sooner gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of OU Athletics. It's Sooner Sports Talk. Lincoln Riley alongside. This is Teddy Lehman. Let's talk about the opponent this week, the Frogs of TCU, and we'll start with a question from a fan on Twitter, Roger Ward asked, Coach, what are the biggest problems faced when going against a Gary Patterson defense? Oh, man, there's, there's, there's a lot. You know, they, he, he does a great job of marrying up his schemes to, to complement one another. Um, he always seems to find, you know, really good football players and, and develop them. And, you know, he, he and his staff have, have been there and been at it so long. They know exactly what they're what they're looking for, and, and uh, they just do a tremendous job. They uh, always very good in the secondary this year, no different. They've got two of the you know, two of the you know, better safeties in the country uh, right now, the guys that are really, really good playmakers for them. They're always very active up front. He always seems to find very active pass rushers. Um, so... No, it's a it's a it's a it's a really good scheme, and they play it at a, at an elite level. Seems like year in and year out, regardless of you know regardless of who's on the field for him. So no, it's a, he he does a tremendous job. His staff they they all do a really really good job. You know, a lot of teams, and he's got a system, and a lot of coaches have their system, but it always adapts and morphs and changes a little bit. What have you seen that's maybe a little bit different that? Gary Patterson and TCU do now defensively than maybe whenever you started in this conference. Yeah, he's you know he's gotten more versatile. You know he's gone and, and played some some three man fronts and gone to some of the drop eight stuff that that you know has become uh, you know kind of in vogue a little bit in this league and and I think continued to adapt to, to what offenses are, are doing to try to attack him. So he's he does a great job of kind of that that finding that fine line between having a, like you said, Teddy, having a, having a system that he believes in, core values that he doesn't get away from, but also not being too rigid that he doesn't continue to adapt with the times and, and try to put his players in the best chance to succeed. So, I mean, he he does what a, what a really good coach does and uh, does it very well. There's no break for your defense when it comes to these quarterbacks, coach. They just keep coming at you one after another, assuming Max Duggan uh, plays on Saturday. Man, another guy who can hurt you in a bunch of ways. Yeah, no question. And another guy that's got, you know, a lot of good experience. So, no, nah, it's uh, – Max is a good football player. You know, he's, he's very, very athletic. Um, I think he's really improved as a, as a thrower. Um, he's got Sonny Cumbie, Doug Meacham, some of those guys over there that are excellent football coaches offensively that are doing a nice job developing him. And then they do a lot of creative things to get their skill guys in space. I mean, that's that's – that's what they're about you know they've always had kind of you know really good speed really twitchy guys and, and this year certainly no different is there anyone he reminds you of i i get a little bit of sam ellinger in there just because he's got some grittiness to him and kind of the way he runs the football a little bit he's kind of a competitive guy he'll try and run over people for a first down yeah no i think that's a i think that's a fair assessment i do think max is i, I know max is faster than yeah. sam i mean that's the one thing is there, there's you know where sam was going to grind out the tough yards and at times almost run like a like a you know like a like a fullback you know max is he is tough but then he has some big playability because when he gets out he can really run has, has has really nice speed all right we're looking for a bounce back performance tonight from coach in the butkus brain teaser brought to you by the oklahoma education association putting education first coming off his uh, first loss of the season teddy what do you have for coach tonight 
Okay, uh, TCU week, so I figured I'd go to a TCU game. 2018 TCU uh, on the road down there in Fort Worth. First quarter of the game, there's 9.26 left in the first quarter. We've got second and six on the plus 37. Left hash, the score 0-0. Zero, zero. Touchdown to CD. <laughs> yeah. I figured he was going to get this one, which, by the way, I love this play as a uh, – as a. You want to finish setting it up for anything? I mean, there's you nothing got, really else to say. What was the play, I mean, for the rest of us? What? Uh, it's a touchdown CD. I yep. mean, it's it's a great one. I, as a fan, I love this play. Uh, as a player, I think it's kind of cheating a little bit, but it's, it's Why fantastic. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, it's – I'll say this. Lincoln knows the rules of the defense that they're going up against really well is, is <laughs> what it is. And it's such a good play. You may have to go to it whenever you need to pull off a victory. You know, it's it's one of those plays that's just excellent. I love it. <laughs> it, it served us well last week. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he knew it instantly. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Even... What, uh, are we going to say what play it was last week or no? We're just going to let that go? We're just gonna, I, apparently, we're just going to let that go. I didn't, uh, that's, I didn't know up. they even ran it that, last week. We're just going to let that go. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to let that go. Uh, you blocked a couple of kicks, uh, Coach, yeah. last week, the uh, punt and the field goal. Tell me what you saw from your perspective on those plays. Yeah, no, the, the punt is honestly two just pretty great individual efforts. Uh, you know, the punt, we were able to get uh, David Uwebu matched up on uh, on one of the, the shield players for Texas, and David did a great job. I mean, used his length and, and really timed it well and, and was great technique, really trusted it, and, and just an awesome play. Um, you can see this was getting ready to be a, a rugby-style punt, and uh, David David just did a great job. He's That, that length, his athleticism, I thought really you know, was on display there. Um, and that was a monster play in the game, obviously. Um, yeah, and then the uh, and then obviously the the second one, you know, Perion was able to 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 get some penetration um, on the uh, on the field goal in overtime, um, and and really, you know, the pad level was great. You know, really the penetration was the key. I mean, a lot of guys get their hands up, but you can see right there, he really takes that that right guard and and blows them back, and 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 that combined with getting that big paw up there was was enough to get this thing blocked. So great penetration. And gets that gets that left hand up, and obviously was a, a huge play at the time. You know, you, and bringing up Aguagbu here, special teams wise, he's a guy that we saw factor a little bit more into that football game. And you mentioned that you know uh, maybe you're going to see some more young guys start to rotate their way through. And you know, Kansas State, Iowa State, defensively for us, you know, a lot of shifts, a lot of motion, so it wasn't really a great opportunity to get those young guys involved, but. With a guy like Aguebu, is he one of those guys that you're maybe talking about when you say start to see more fo- uh, plays in, in football games moving forward? Definitely, no, definitely, and I and I think he's he's starting to earn that right. I think he's starting to really settle in at the the inside linebacker position and and uh, and really do some nice things. So, and I, I think you bring up a fair point. I mean, I think the the combination of all the movement we saw those first couple of weeks, and then you know, again, so many of these young guys have missed a lot of time and a lot of reps that normally they would have had, and and you and they would be ready. Um, and but it was great to you know we were able to get a lot of those guys on the field. You know, against Texas, you know, really kind of at all three levels. The the front linebackers and the secondary and a lot of those young guys came in and did some promising things you know got to play in a you know one of the best ball games in college football and I think they're 
you know, confidence will grow and combine that with a good bye week. And I do think we're primed to be able to continue to play more people, which is going to make us a better football team. All right, we'll cut, uh, we'll cut Coach loose so he can uh, get back to work. But I don't think we properly appreciated the fastest ever Butkus <laughs> brain teaser. So round of applause for Lincoln Riley tonight. I don't, did I ever give the down and distance? You never, you know, he, he interrupted. Second and six. That's how you bounce back right Second there. Second and six. Uh, Coach, go get the Horned Frogs. Thanks for joining us tonight. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Lincoln Riley. We'll take a break. One more segment with us here at uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue when we come back. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Look at this. The guys over at, the guys and gals over at Sooner Vision working hard again this week. All of this coming your way as we get set for OUTCU on Saturday morning. Teddy, we got some soccer mixed in there. Football flashback show. I know you're involved with this. You're looking back on Friday night at 10 o'clock, folks, at the 2000 game in Manhattan against Kansas State. Another pivotal game in red October. Fantastic football game. I can't wait for that one. That's going to be fun. Sooner Sports game day. Nine o'clock on Saturday morning. You're on that show. I mean, literally, all of this is Teddy Lehman for the most part. I check now, it out. Yes. Now that I think about it, I, that was my first road game as a Sooner. Okay. Well, you played Texas, but you're saying true road game. Yeah, yes. like to fly to wherever we were going. Was it? Did it make a big impact on you at the time? Did you think? Uh, no. Had you been just, on an airplane before? A handful of times. Okay. <laughs> so check it out. Watch all that stuff. Sooner fans, come visit the best place to gear up for your favorite OU products, the Sooner Shop, the official fan shop of OU Athletics, located right there on the west side of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Whenever there's a Sooners game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Please drink responsibly. Anything Link said tonight catch your fancy, jump out at you? Yes. Uh, he said that there's going to be some young guys starting to play. Um, we talked about defensively that who that is. Offensively, didn't really get into it as much, but, you know, they played a bunch of defensive backs in that Texas game. Ten guys, I believe, is That's what right. they played. Um, we saw young guys getting plenty of uh, of run at other positions as well. I uh, wonder if that's going to factor in on the offensive side. And then uh, he said that during the bye week, there was some focus on the run game. So I'm interested to see what exactly that means. Are we going to see anything different? Is it just details? Uh, figuring that out. So I, I, I think that's interesting because for me, the biggest difference between this team and some of the teams that we've seen in the past is the running game. We've got to get back to running the football. You know, at times throughout the last couple of years, we've been the best in the country running the football. Yep. And that's really been the difference. And that's what has separated us in this conference. Buzzword coming out of the Iowa State loss was tackling. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did not tackle very well. Did you feel better about that in Texas? I did. I felt I felt better about it. Now, there's still plenty of opportunities to continue to get better. But, you know, it's one of those things where you, just because of the way things are now, they're not going to tackle a lot in practice. It's just you, you just can't do it. So most of your 
tackling practice is done in live games, right? So the, as the season rolls on, I expect them to continue to improve in that area. If you miss any portion of tonight's show, you can always catch it on demand via our Sooner Sports podcast. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll be on the air with you starting at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning down at Amon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. If you haven't listened to the broadcast on the radio, the analysis you're getting from Teddy and Gabe Eichert during the game is phenomenal. I hope you'll, you'll give us a listen. Kickoff at 11.06, to be precise, on Saturday, and we'll be right back here one week from tonight on Sooner Sports Talk. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. Sooner Sports Talk has been presented by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Sooner Sports Talk is also brought to you by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Riverwind, still the one. And by Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.